cutting edge guests, awesome uncensored jaw-dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and loads of laughter. Kind of have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul's awake, then welcome, because you're in the right place. If you are looking for groundbreaking nutritional products which revolutionize the way your body operates, you have to check out this cutting-edge, American-made, all-natural wellness brand. Root the Trinity Pack from GetRootNow.com is a game-changer. Let me show you. Zero In is the world's first quantumceutical, an all-natural adaptogenic nootropic which skyrockets your clarity and creativity. Professional athletes have reported over a 40% increase in their performance in only 90 days. Restore is a supplement that completely restores your gut health, optimizes your true brain, helping you tap into quantum consciousness, also known as the God Mind, all together with Clean Slate, which gently wipes out harmful heavy metals from your body, gently evacuating toxins, including graphene oxide. Trinity Pack from Root Altogether helps you increase your performance, longevity, deep sleep, and have a far greater quality of life. Register now at GetRootNow.com to grab your Trinity Pack. Then hit subscribe and save to get $15 back every month. Trinity Pack has also received the gold standard, a worldwide BSCG approval, allowing those in the military to first responders to the NFL, PGA, NBA, FIFA World Cup soccer, and more. Feel assured it is indeed all natural and drug-free. Trinity Pack even comes with a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. So when you grab your Trinity at GetRootNow.com, you can feel good knowing it's endorsed by Tier 1 Special Operations Warriors, to lightworkers, benevolent healthcare heroes, professional athletes, and Olympians detoxing their systems and unleashing their greatest self from across the globe. You can also get rewarded for being part of the Root community. See you there! Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show. As you know, we stand for love, levity, and liberty. And the Bling Buddha fires red pills from his nine mil, which is our mascot, and he has a Punisher's tattoo over his left breast symbolizing save the children. Like I've promised you, every one of our guests are about saving the children. And I'm so deeply honored to welcome to the first time to the Sovereign Soul Show, Dr. Brian artist who is behind rose to fame if you will in this community although he's been famous a lot prior, prior to that but if you remember watch the water documentary along with clinical and scientific evidence of the venoms that have been imposed upon us and 70 he's going to share 72 years of every vaccine has venoms that are in it as well as the nicotine why is it they are taking away nicotine it's part of agenda 2030 no smoking it's certainly not for your health, and I can share with you, while you can get Nicorettes and stuff like that at a gas station in America, in Canada, you need a prescription, a prescription to come off of smoking, right? And then they charge $75 to the Canadian taxpayer to give you 371 of these if you go in a two milligram pack. We're going to talk about why that's extremely important because it's all returning to God and sovereignty. That's what we're about. Dr. Artist, Welcome to the show, my friend. Why don't you just explain to people your amazing background as a chiropractor and a man of God uh, for all these lovely people who are joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate uh, being on your podcast and taking the opportunity to share some time with your audiences. And hopefully there's some information here that'll be very helpful and beneficial to them. 
so I am a retired chiropractor, acupuncturist, and nutritionist. I now have my own podcast show called The Dr. Artist Show. This was really birthed out of the audiences from around the world responding to interviews I was doing in the beginning of the pandemic surrounding a hospital protocol that I had discovered was declared by Anthony Fauci on the NIH's website as the only treatment for COVID-19 hospitalized Americans at the time. This was actually dated May 1st, 2020. It actually stated there was a, the actual whole memo by Dr. Anthony Fauci to the whole American populace was, there's only one drug and one drug only that can be used to treat COVID-19 patients. It's an experimental drug called remdesivir, and it was found safe and effective in two trials against two viruses. The Ebola virus, it said, in Africa in a study conducted in 2019 on Ebola patients. And then it said it was found, Dr. Anthony Fauci said it was safe and effectively found to be beneficial against the COVID-19 virus in a study done from January to March of 2020. Now, I had never heard of this drug, but the reason why I was looking it up anyway, the protocol, why I was at home looking up this protocol is because I was hearing reports in the media in April of 2020. Every time they were interviewing a doctor or administrator in a hospital in New York City, in April and May of 2020, every single person was saying the same thing. They all said in unison, as if they were reading a script, yeah. we've never seen a respiratory virus ever do this before. When we start treating this virus, the next day, a high majority of people, the virus moves into their kidneys and shuts down their kidneys and they go into acute kidney failure. Now, the reason why this was bothering me is I heard it about 10 times in about two days on different interviews on CNN, Fox, wherever. And I was like, what in the world? I knew the doctors were being honest when they said we've never seen this happen before, a respiratory virus moving into the kidneys to cause kidney failure. I knew they were being genuine about that. However, the problem for me was just three months earlier in February of 2020, my father-in-law was killed in a hospital in Dallas, Texas with a protocol that caused acute kidney failure in less than 24 hours. And as they kept pumping these drugs in him, for a different virus, they diagnosed him with the flu and put him on a flu protocol. One of the first protocol drugs they put him on is called vancomycin. And this antibiotic that doesn't even treat viruses, it only treats bacteria, causes acute kidney failure in a high percentage of senior citizens, like within a 24-hour period. And this is what they put him on. And for five days, they shut down his kidneys, flooded his lungs, his heart, and his brain with water until he was unconscious and put on a vent on day five. And he'd been unconscious, couldn't breathe on his own for two days at that point. So going up to the hospital on the evening of day five, challenging the hospital protocols they had him on, changing those hospital protocols with my help and with all of the ethics committee meeting, doctors, administrators, nursing staff, we changed the entire protocols, got him off of those toxic drugs, switched the protocols. And within four hours, he was able to urinate out 20 pounds of water. He woke up and became conscious, came off of the breathing app, the ventilator that he was on within four hours. And we were able to visit with him. He was unconscious and in a coma, supposedly, for two days at this point. He wakes up within four hours, urinates out 20 pounds of water. He can breathe on his own, comes off the machines. We go home that night, all celebrating that he's recovering. We made the adjustments. The doctors allowed us to do that. It was miraculous for everybody at the hospital and for our family. That night, 10 o'clock at night, an hour after we get home, the hospital administrators called my wife. Actually, they told the nurse's station to call my wife. And the nurses at the station said, Jane Artis, 
the administrators of the hospital just convened and had a meeting with us and told us to call you and tell you that this hospital will no longer engage or communicate with your husband, Brian Artis. He is not allowed to come into this hospital. And if he does, he's, he'll be escorted out by security and they are putting him back on the original protocols he was on before your husband came up here and switched them. And so this was when everything changed for me, my reality, my red pilling yeah. for the hospital protocols that they were going to stand to. Anyway, I go up the next morning. They do. They kick me out with security. They then put them on the other protocol. I told the family, if you let them kick me out and you don't demand that I be, that I stay, the family could ask and request that. If you don't tell them that I am required to stay on behalf of your dad's life and husband's life, my father, my mother-in-law, right. they will kill him in the next three days. And I promise you, they will put him on palliative care. They want to remove the liability. We just exposed that they were hurting him with the, the, yep. the drug protocols. Yep. I switched the protocols. He got better and woke up when they told you he wouldn't. So he woke up, we exposed their liability for their injuries occurring from the protocol, which I wasn't planning on suing them or anything, but oh my God, they knew that, that I had just created a problem for them. So then they kicked me out of the hospital, only would talk to the family. And within three days, told my wife and their family, he's not going to survive another day. It's time to put him on palliative care and give him a morphine drip until he takes his last breath. That's what I experienced three months before I'm hearing these media interviews in New York by doctors and hospitals treating COVID patients. And I decided when I was listening to this, I knew that they just gave my father-in-law a drug that caused him to go into acute kidney failure. And the doctor said the same thing. We've never seen anybody with the flu develop acute kidney failure in 24 hours. Oh my God, you're giving them a drug that does that. So this is what I thought they were giving COVID-19 patients. This is why I went looking for the protocol on the CDC's website, the NIH's website. I wanted to know why are these doctors saying the same things happening to COVID patients that ended up killing my father-in-law here in Texas just a few months earlier. Medical murder. When I read the research studies that was quoted and hyperlinked in the memo by Dr. Anthony Fauci is when I learned in five minutes that the Ebola trial, experimental drug remdesivir in that trial, it was found to be the most deadly drug in that trial of four different experimental drugs, remdesivir was, and it had killed and was the only drug that had a higher than 50% mortality rate. It had a 53% death rate. All the people that got that drug and not another drug had higher than 50% death rate. And it was permanently banned in the trial halfway through that one year trial. So is it proper to say that the remdesivir in the Ebola study was killing more Ebola patients with Ebola than Ebola itself? It actually was the only drug that had a higher death percentage than the actual disease itself. That's why it was suspended out of the trial. So I then wondered, is Anthony Fauci, whoever this guy is that wrote this memo on the NIH's website about the only thing that doctors can use in hospitals for COVID patients. <laughs> I wanted to know, did he get bad advice or did he actually know the results of this trial? So I read at the end of the trial, every research paper you read, you can read who funded the paper and the study. Imagine my shock to read that it was Anthony Fauci's department at the NIH that funded that entire study. So I knew he knew a year earlier than May of 2020 in August of 2019 is when the safety board for the Ebola trial pulled remdesivir from the trial, made the sponsors and funders of the study aware that remdesivir was too toxic and deadly to continue and had to be suspended. That would have been Anthony Fauci. And then nine months later in May of 2020, he's telling the whole world in print on the NIH's government website that it was proven safe and effective against Ebola. How could you possibly be in a position of authority and publish a lie like that with the link to the lie for us to read? 
Yeah. The only truth was, is no one else was reading these studies. I just happened to be at home retired from selling my last practice in 2018. And I'm just reading this stuff at home. And then I learned that the COVID-19 study with remdesivir that was funded and allowed by the NIH after they fail the Ebola trial, the NIH turns around the very next month in January of 2020 and says, Hey, Gilead maker of remdesivir. We know your drug failed in the Ebola trial. Do you want to try your drug with COVID-19 patients? We'll let you do your own study. You create your own parameters and publish your own findings. That's not biased or anything oh. or ridiculous. So Gilead does a three month trial and they publish. 31% of everyone they gave remdesivir to developed multiple organ failure within 10 days, acute kidney failure, septic shock, and hypotension. And 10% of everyone they gave the drug to had to come off the drug before day 10 because their kidneys died and they needed emergency kidney transplant surgery. Oh. So this is what they published. So now when I'm reading these studies, you now know why the media, the interviewing doctors in New York were saying, we've never seen a virus do this before. Soon as we start treating them, they go into acute kidney failure, but they were thinking the virus was going there when in fact the drug remdesivir, which was the only drug they were using there, they had no idea it was an experimental non-FDA approved drug that they were being forced to use that was killing 31% of all people's organs for COVID and killed over 50% of everybody they give the drug to in the Ebola trial a year earlier and was suspended. It was actually four human trials leading up to those two that the drug remdesivir had already failed. It already had published too much toxicity and death for other trials. So this is like number four and five studies now in a row where this thing was found to be the most toxic deadly drug and never approved by the FDA, not until COVID. All right, so this is why I'm known as the remdesivir guy. When I read these studies, I immediately hired a publicist and from my dining room table, sat there and did 40 to 50 interviews on every outlet possible around the world. And man, did those interviews go far and wide. And it was, I really just had this mindset when you mentioned God in the beginning of this, of this interview, that I've been motivated by God, led by God. This is really how it has felt ever since I read Dr. Anthony Fauci's memo. My actual spark in life when I read those and got really angry, it was, well, if I couldn't save my father-in-law's life, hopefully hope and pray to God, I can help save as many people as possible from experiencing what we just experienced. And I think God let me experience that loss physically and watch it personally. So I knew what to articulate to people confidently, what is going to happen. I promise this is exactly what's going to happen. If you enter an ICU, you will be, I said in May of 2020, when I read this article and knew nobody else in this movement, I just sat at my table, dining room table, just doing these interviews to try to clear my conscience because this guy was lying to the whole American population. Mm -hmm. So I, I just sat there doing that, but I was just motivated to try to save lives. That was it. I had no idea what was going to come out of these interviews. It was, I just needed you guys to know. So I did that for four months with a publicist. When the interviews, I decided after four months, I was like, man, this is a lot of interviews. I think I'm done. I think there's enough interviews out there. Hopefully people got the message. And then like wildfire, it was all these medical doctors from around the world were looking at my interviews and looking at the research I was quoting. And then they started calling me to come to conventions, go to state Capitol buildings to testify of what was happening. Yep. Starting in May of 2020, my very first interview on Newsmax, I actually said, this actual protocol and this drug that Dr. Anthony Fauci says is the only drug that can be used for COVID-19 patients, all Americans need to be warned. This is a genocide homicidal event that is going to be orchestrated behind closed doors like a Holocaust camp. 
They are going to use ICUs and hospitals to murder people and then lie to you that the virus killed you when, in fact, it wasn't. It was the drug, just like how they killed my father-in-law. And when he died, they called it death by pneumonia. He never even had pneumonia. They didn't put drug poison by vancomycin in our drug protocols. No, that's not what they said. Just like with the remdesivir deaths in hospitals, what'd they call those? Death from COVID-19. No, it wasn't. You poison somebody and then label it whatever you want. But when you're being poisoned to death, this is what's happening. So the hospital protocols were a big deal out of the front. I didn't do that, speak up to try to be any kind of leader in the COVID-19 movement. But oh my God, it's been incredible to watch medical doctors around the world watching my research that I was presenting, coming to the same conclusion that, oh my God, our profession is being used to hurt people. Then they all started launching their own telemedicine platforms like aflds.org, flccc.net. I mean, all of this was going on simultaneously. They're learning about the hospital protocols. They know there's something better that can be done. We've got to help people around the world. It's been an awesome experience to watch so many people wake up and uh, gravitate to the message, study the message. It's been great. That went on for about a year and a half. I was known worldwide as the remdesivir guy. You'll, you'll hear the phrase, run, death is near. I, I coined that to make sure people around the world could recognize the name of this new drug you've never heard of. So when they say something that rhymes with run, death is near, you say, no, I do not consent to that drug in hospitals. Yeah, I, It's just been a, a very world, wild world. Fast forward, I've been traveling all over the country now for a year and a half and doing education and presentations, signing on as expert witnesses on lawsuits all over the world, including against Boris Johnson in the UK, two of those, two days, two lawsuits landed on his desk with my name signed on as an expert witness against him. And the third day is when he resigned, not because of me, but because of the attempts of us to actually put pressure on these people who are committing crimes all over the world of injury, harm, and death. So that's what was occupying a lot of my time. Come December of 2021, uh, something else happened. I get a text from a medical doctor in East Texas or West Texas who says, hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom? And my whole world has been literally flipped upside down since I got that text. So what happened to me? This is what happened. This guy sends me a text that seems random. I've never been bit by a snake. So why are you writing me this text? And why are you thinking about this ER doctor out in Odessa, Texas? His name is Dr. Richard Bartlett. When he sent me that text, he knew I was going to do research to figure out why he asked me that thing, because he knows me very well and knows I love to research and learn things and figure things out on my own. So he just sent me a text. Hey, if you uh, got bit by a rattlesnake, Dr. Harris, would you go to the hospital and get antivenom? Now, this is important because it relates to everything I'm still working on today to make sure you all at home are actually warned and have hope for the antidotes and solutions of the biological weapons they're using to hurt you. We just all were being lied to about what that weapon was. So this text message to me started me on that path. It was very odd. So the actual, what I had to learn was, why are you asking me about antivenom and snakes? I mean, yes, Dr. Bartlett, my immediate reaction was, of course, I would go get antivenom if I got bit by a rattlesnake. I knew he knew something as an ER doc. I did not know as a chiropractor who did not treat snake bites, right? He knows out in West Texas, they got rattlesnakes and he's treated snake bite victims for years. What came out of this was I had to go online and learn what antivenom is. And so when I looked it up, I didn't know this. But at the time of COVID in 2021, there was variants of alpha, delta of COVID-19. And there were doctors all around this country and around the world using something called monoclonal antibodies to treat acute COVID patients. Yeah. 
When I went online to learn what is anti-venom that is used to treat snake bites that Dr. Bartlett's asking me about in this text, I had no idea that monoclonal antibodies are what anti-venom is to treat snake bites. I didn't know that around the world, 90% of all anti-venom sitting in an urgent care or emergency room in a hospital or clinic around the world, I had no idea 90% of all of them were monoclonal antibodies. Wow. Wow. I had no idea. My very huh. next thought was this. Okay. If monoclonal antibodies are having a 100% success rate, and I can tell you of the doctors I know that were doing monoclonal antibody infusions around the world, it was 100% effective at beating acute COVID. So my very next thought was, if monoclonal antibodies are antivenom to snake bites, why is it working 100% of the time for COVID-19 virus infection? I thought this came from a bat virus. Yeah. Why is an antivenom to snake bites working 100% of the time against a bat virus? So it didn't make any sense to me. So I had to, I actually wondered, have I been lied to? And what did I miss during those early months of COVID-19, the pandemic, January and February of 2020, when my father-in-law was killed in a hospital and I was consumed with rage, depression, upset, funerals, you name it, estate planning, all that kind of crap. I wasn't paying attention to the media. So in December of 2021, as a result of this text, I have to go online to look up what were the or what's the origin of COVID. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it from January of 2020 through May of 2020, almost every article in the media said researchers around the world have identified that the origin of COVID is two snakes, the king cobra and the crate snake. I mean, it was over and over and over. Chinese researchers, French researchers, CNN Health was reporting in America. The origin of COVID is two snakes. And I was like, where in the world did I miss all of this? I thought it came from a bat. Only to realize every article in the mainstream media, starting in January, when they started reporting on this, is it snakes? Is it bats? Is it pangolins? No, it's snakes. And they kept confirming it over and over and over. Every single one of those articles in the mainstream media was being fact-checked immediately by fact-checkers to spin the narrative back to bats. But geneticists in, Jan in China in January of 2020 already had confirmed the antibodies in the Wuhan sick people in hospitals. The actual antibodies were targeting two snakes' venoms. And they said the origin of COVID is obviously snake venom vectors. Somehow snake venom is getting in these people. This is what they said. The machinery is snake venom, is what they said. And then France has geneticists isolate the spike protein that is on the outside of this virus they're talking about called SARS-CoV-2. And by this time, researchers around the world have been saying the virus isn't the problem. It's the spike protein on the outside of the virus. Well, these French geneticists in April of 2020 ran the DNA sequences of the spike protein by itself and then published what it was identical to. And it was identical to these two things. Cobra toxin, which is a venom protein in a king cobra, wow. and bungarotoxin, which is a venom protein in crate snake venom. And in April of 2020, three years ago, man, they published in this paper that this finally explains all the symptoms of COVID because these venom proteins from these two snakes, they target just one receptor in the human body to give you symptoms. And these receptors are called alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors, nicotine receptors. And they said in April of 2020, this is why and finally explains, now that we know what the spike proteins are, they're venom proteins from these two snakes that are neurotoxins 
that target nicotine receptors to give you symptoms of loss of taste and smell, low hypoxia, low oxygen in your breathing, difficulty breathing, cough, fever, all of those are symptoms of venom in the body. So they yeah. said, this explains why smokers aren't being affected by COVID around the world. They're the least represented hospitalized patients worldwide. They were less than 5% in all hospitals worldwide. Before April of 2020, it was being published that they believed we have to shut down all elected elective procedures in hospitals to open up all rooms for only coming COVID respiratory patients. And they said 95% of everybody hospitalized will be smokers. They expected because they were publishing this is a respiratory virus and they're going to inhale this deadly spike protein ridden virus for the first time ever. And they're going to be loading up hospitals with smokers. That is never what has happened. It's the only time smoking saved your life. I mean, we were talking in the pre-chat. I was a two, up to a two-pack-a-day smoker in the Canadian Army. And, you know, like, how how amazing is that? That, you know, somehow, some way, some crazy, you know, adaptogen right now with those receptors that smoking has saved lives from the cobra and the crate venom. And um, I'll just jump to people who don't know, right? I've said many times that government is a derivation of the Latin word governus mentis, which the literal translation again to English is to control minds. Then you look at pharmakia from which pharmacy is derived out of and pharmakia is again, Greek, which translates to sorcery and i've had many benevolent friends from doctors nurses administrators as well as in canadian military you know who to that point dr artists have said you know during the lockdown during the pandemic which bishop o'connor says again pandemos right pandemic is the derivation of pandemos demos means demon within when you look at covid you flip it around it turns it to the word divok divok in hebrew means the demon possession within. So they always play with the words. They always play with the numbers and gematria, as we all know. And these friends of mine, both in the United States, both in Canada, who are on the benevolent side, who put in their exemptions, who even use some of Tanya Gaw's action for Canada works. I want to give her a shout out here too, you know, to make sure that they are not being fired because they didn't take the bioweapon. By the way, it's a bioweapon, folks, because it's literally just been classified that in the state of Florida, a, all mRNA vaccines are labeled bioweapons and technological weapons now. The bill is on Governor DeSantis's desk to sign, as well as other countries around the world have kicked it out and are classifying it biological weapon and technological weapon. And there's also hope. So again, on this show, you're hearing about, here's the challenge. And then Dr. Aris has got some amazing anecdotal natural things for you. So don't feel that you're stuck in this because if you took or were forced to take a course to take the Lucifer phrase and the mark of the beast, guess what? God still wins. So that's what we're going to get to. But the final point being that when they shut down the hospitals and they created all these wards and these floors for the COVID patients that they expected, which never came, you know, you have what, how many thousands of whistleblowers are out there in multiple countries, including us and Canada who have said uh, there was, there was no inflight of patients and nothing, but they were being paid as we have seen in legal documentation has been shown in court and open disclosure up to $300,000. If they put a patient on a remdesivir, run death is near protocol, and then they kill them over a three week period of time, the hospitals will get up to $300,000 from the company. By the way, there's a new name for Rendezvous, so I'd like you to uh, mention that, uh, then we'll carry on if you don't mind. Back to you, Dr. Arson. Thank you. 
Yeah, audiences worldwide need to know this. So pharmacists and hospitals around the world are calling me and telling me you need to make sure the audiences in your sphere of influence know they are no longer allowing staff and hospitals to say the word remdesivir to patients. <laughs> I find this funny. That means our message got out so far because all the patients that hear the word remdesivir in hospitals around the world are now going, no, I do not consent that a drug is dangerous. So what I'm learning about is administrators all over the world are actually having private secret meetings with staff of the hospitals, doctors and nurses, and telling them you can no longer call the drug remdesivir. You need to call it by its brand name called Veclery. And people would, they would write to me and go, hey, I'm in a hospital. I told them no to remdesivir. They said I should take Veclery instead. And I'm like, uh, that's the same drug. I've, in, I've educated people on this, but I think a lot of people may have missed it because the overwhelming discussion was about the name of the drug remdesivir. But Veclery, as you said a minute ago, people like to, the pharmaceutical industry loves to transpose letters mess with words and languages. Veclery is an old Nordic term if you just transpose the L and the K, and it reads Valkyrie. And Valkyrie in the Nordic language actually historically means chooser of the slain. That is what it means. So you've got run, death is near. You've got something that rhymes with Valkyrie, which reads chooser of the slain. Avoid both those drugs. Just be warned. Veclery, remdesivir, same drug, say no, and do not consent. Absolutely. And then as far as the hope is concerned, this is what's so important here is right now, this is amazing. Right now, it is published after four years now of this pandemic almost, they are publishing that 85% worldwide of all hospitalized COVID-19 patients for the whole pandemic, 85% of all of them have never smoked in their whole life. Not even once. 10% of all people worldwide that were actually hospitalized were actually previous smokers before the pandemic. Less than 2% worldwide hospitalized COVID patients for this whole time were smokers currently. So that is the lowest demographic of all demographics is current chronic smokers were the least effective. Wow. So what did, what did we learn? What's disgusting is, is in April of 2020, these French researchers published this information. They also go as far to publish in the paper that they were hearing around the world, not only smokers aren't affected, but people taking ivermectin have better outcomes with COVID. And they published in the paper what's interesting about ivermectin. Ivermectin binds to the same receptors nicotine does and the same receptors venom does called alpha-7 nicotine receptors. Ivermectin does not bind to these receptors as powerfully as nicotine does. Nicotine's binding affinity is 30 times more powerful than venom and ivermectin. So nicotine was always the most powerful antidote to protect your cells and to release the venom spike proteins from your body. So that's what you need to know and understand is that they've known this this whole time. In fact, I'd like to go ahead and tell your audiences just for hope. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm just going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to read this to your audience. Ready? Please go ahead. There is a study. I'm going to read the title of the study. Everyone at home can actually look this up. It is titled, Is the Post-COVID-19 Syndrome a Severe Impairment of Acetylcholine Orchestrated Neuromodulation, Change in Nerve Function, That Responds to Nicotine Administration? The lead author is Marco Letsky. This is published in January of 2023. All right. For wow. all of you at home, 
they have known and been publishing, scientists have around the world, not this chiropractor, scientists and geneticists have been publishing the antidote to COVID is nicotine. Why? The venom spike proteins, which are identical to venoms of various snakes, target only alpha-7 nicotine receptors that cause all the symptoms related to COVID, including, I don't know if your audience knows this, venoms in the body, even after you treat a snake bite, for example, with anti-venom called monoclonal antibodies, even after you do that, the NIH publishes that the venom can stay in the body for up to 10 years before it's completely denatured or removed. This explains to everybody at home why long hauler COVID symptoms are lasting so long. Yeah. Okay. January of this year, this paper I just read to you, they, these scientists took and researchers took four individuals who had for over a year and a half, all of these remaining symptoms since having COVID the infection. Okay. And I would like to read these out loud, what they all had to have for a year and a half as symptoms to be included in this trial, okay? So everyone at home, this show is about hope. I'm all about hope. I'm not the alarmist. I'm just letting you know, there is a weapon and a biological weapon. They're weaponizing venoms. They absolutely are. The antidotes are also found in nature. We're going to teach you what those are. But I want to read to you what these lingering symptoms of people after COVID reported from around the world who were included in a study this year just so you know, before I even go any further, all these symptoms, if you have any of these at home, which I know a lot of you do that are watching or listening to the show, if you have any of these symptoms, you need to consider the treatment they did in this actual study. And just so you know, it's not a long treatment period. This study was only for six days of treatment. They only treated these people with one thing for six days only. And then they did a follow-up even six months later to see did any of your long-hauler COVID symptoms return and not a single one did. Let me read to you what the symptoms are because if there's people in your audiences, the whole reason why I spoke out was to give you hope, period, about the hospital protocols. Avoid the hospital, stay home. You'll be safer, safer and better off during the pandemic. Now it is, you better know this information so that you don't have to live with lingering symptoms they created with these biological weapons. All right, here we go. These are the symptoms since having COVID, these people had to have for a year and a half to be included in this study that got published this year, 2023. Chronic fatigue for longer than a year and a half. Dizziness for longer than a year and a half. Uh, shallow breath. You can't take deep breaths. It's called dyspnea. You had to have that for a year and a half. Low-grade fevers for over a year and a half. A loss of taste and smell for over a year and a half. Memory lapses. Muscle pain and weakness. They also had to have diarrhea continually. Vomiting concentration difficulties. They had to have sleep difficulties, mood disorders, headaches, chest tightness and pain. They had to suffer with heart palpitations for a year and a half. They had to have cognitive impairment, motor deficits, exercise intolerance, and then new onset of diabetes. Imagine that getting COVID and developing diabetes. Yes, there's a reason why those people are having that. And then they also had to have new onset of hypertension that's lasted this year and a half. Hmm. Okay. That's a lot of symptoms. You think anybody in your audiences might be struggling with these? I think so. Well, let me just tell you how this went. All you need to know this. Go and look at the study if you'd like to, or just take my word for it. They asked these people to, to do one thing for six days. So the treatment was six days only, but the four days leading up to the treatment, they wanted them to mark all of the severity of all of those symptoms they had on a scale of zero to 10. So they marked all their levers, the levels every day. And then on day five, they started the treatment for six days. By day three, everyone of doing this treatment, 
50% of all of those symptoms these people had for a year and a half without any resolution completely disappeared 100% and went to a level zero. 50% of all of them by day three. Only one thing. Wow. When they got to day six, they all had to stop the treatment. And then they kept track of the continued benefit of the six-day treatment they used. They wanted to see how long does it take before 100% of all of the symptoms disappear. The longest patient time period for having symptoms from the first day of treatment was 21 days with one symptom. One person had a remaining one symptom, and on day 21, it completely disappeared and never came back. So they only did the treatment for six days, people, six days. And 100% of all symptoms were gone at a maximum 21 days after treatment. Six months later, they called all of these, these individuals to know, have any of these symptoms returned after you stopped treatment six months ago? Not a single symptom ever came back. Holy. Would you like to know what the treatment was? Everybody's on their seat. Absolutely. All of you struggling with any of these symptoms, all they did was ask them to wear a seven milligram nicotine patch for six days. Oh, that was it. There was no NATO kinase. There was no hydroxychloroquine, no ivermectin, no vitamin C, no selenium, no nothing. They just asked them to wear a nicotine patch and see, does it clear up all your symptoms? And it did. And in fact, their conclusion in their study is, Everyone in the world should consider using nicotine patches to beat all long hauler COVID patients. Why? Wow. I would like to read this conclusion to you because it's wild to me because I'm surprised not a single damn medical doctor in the whole world's talking about this. Why are y'all not talking about this? People around yeah. the world are being rescued with this. This states right here, based on these results of this case study, this treatment option using nicotine patches to combat long hauler COVID seems far superior to the time-consuming, often overwhelming or disappointing, costly and complex rehabilitation measures currently available to these patients. Wow. Really? Holy. Hold up your nicotine case, man. They, they are publishing that nicotine is the antidote. Now, just for all your audiences at home, nicotine, you all may think like my wife did initially, and I did, and the rest of the world did, that nicotine was a toxic, deadly, disease-causing drug. Mm -hmm. But it's not. I didn't know that was a lie also. Oh my God, have we been lied to? All kinds of stuff. All right. Harvard in 2015 conducted a study. They did an animal study wanting to see just how addictive nicotine was in animal studies. They couldn't even make an animal addicted to nicotine. So they had to conduct FOIA requests filed with the tobacco giants to find out what did they do in their R&D development for these products, cigarettes, snuff, to make it addictive. Yeah. They received all the documents from the 1970s. And in those documents, the R&D departments of the tobacco giants are discussing how do we make our, e our uh, light cigarettes they were developing then more addictive because they're not addictive whatsoever. Right. So the chemist started experimenting with all kinds of chemicals added to tobacco and nicotine to see if when you inhale it, it becomes addictive. And they published in the, in the 1970s, they found a chemical called pyrazines that would make nicotine and tobacco plant products super addictive. Wow. And that's exactly what they are allowed to include in every tobacco product they make to make nicotine and the tobacco products or plants addictive. Nicotine is not addictive. In fact, in this study, they say not a single person ever even had a craving for a nicotine product of any kind after six days of treatment. It was no, there was no 
addictive oh. quality whatsoever from using the nicotine. So oh. these are published studies, people. You got to just you just got to read through the crap you're being lied to all over the world. The propaganda is just massive. Okay. Next lesson for the audiences. If for all of you, you believe in God, which I think you do based on the beginning stages of this conversation here, I believe God created us on day six. I have that belief. I believe he created us. We'll call it day six as a reference in the Bible. And then before that, preceding that, he created plants on the earth, the, the earth, the water, the sky, the heavens. Then he created animals. Then he created us. And then he said he put everything on the planet for the benefit of man, right? Mm -hmm. The plants are there. Okay. All right. So I have a question for all of you. If you all think nicotine is bad for you and toxic for you and deadly for you, and you believe God put that in a tobacco plant that he created before he put you down here, I need you to ask yourself, did you know, I bet you didn't know this. Did you know that nicotine's not just in tobacco plants? Did you know nicotine's in every white potato you've ever eaten? Wow. Do you know nicotine's in every tomato you've ever eaten? Wow. Did you know that in green tomatoes, there's 10 times the amount of nicotine than found in red tomatoes? And did you know that nicotine is in every nightshade vegetable like eggplants, zucchinis? Did you know it's in cauliflower? Did you know nicotine's in celery? And how many of you listening to this podcast can tell yourself that, oh my God, that's why I can't stop eating celery all day. I even wake up craving celery. I have to ask my boss for a celery break at work. I'm so addicted to the celery. No, you're not. No one's ever been addicted to celery or cauliflower. There's nicotine in there too. You're not. Why did God put nicotine in the, in the plants that you eat? Well, I believe it's for just such a time as this when he knew men would be manipulating venom proteins that target nicotine receptors. And just so you know, every symptom of COVID, every symptom of long hauler COVID, every injury reported from COVID-19 vaccines can be explained by the venom's actions on nicotine receptors. And nicotine receptors are, are, are on every single cell in your human body. Wow. God designed you that way. I didn't design you that way. So you can ask God at judgment if you have a problem with this conversation. God, why did you put nicotine receptors on every cell of my body if I wasn't supposed to benefit from nicotine in the food I eat? Wow. Or was he trying to hurt you? No, he wasn't trying to hurt you. He knows what it does. All right. So is this not incredible, this information about this study that just came out? Now, just for everybody else at home, there is a paper that the NIH decided to fund and publish just in May of this year, so like seven or eight weeks ago. The title of the paper is SARS-CoV-2's Spike Protein Ectodomain, the outside of the spike protein, targets alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. The hmm. NIH published this. And in wow. the very first sentence, it's or in the very first paragraph of the paper, it says, the spike protein of covid is identical to snake venom neurotoxins. Okay, listen, their attempts at censorship hasn't worked and they're trying to figure out how to control the narrative that's leaking out everywhere because this Dr. Artist guy won't shut up. He keeps showing the whole world all the antidotes, all these problems. Nobody on the planet for the last year and a half has been talking about at all that the real target of the spike proteins of COVID are targeting alpha-7 nicotine receptors. They have only ever published tens of thousands of papers for four years now that it only targets ACE2 receptors. And I kept telling the world, since the Watch the Water documentary, you're being lied to. It is not targeting ACE2 receptors. 
It is targeting alpha-7 nicotine receptors. And I can explain all the symptoms and how they did it. All right, so fast forward to now. With all this venom talk. Okay, so you've got spike proteins that are identified to be snake venom, neurotoxins. You have researchers who say the antibodies in the Wuhan sick people are targeting venom proteins from two snakes. These researchers in Italy decided in June of 2020 to take these published findings of these French and Chinese researchers, and they took it a step further. They went to multiple cities in Italy and decided to collect or PCR test people that were sick and mm -hmm. not sick in multiple cities. And they found 20 people who had tested positive for COVID and were sick. And they found 10 people from multiple cities, like the sick people in multiple cities. They found 10 people in those multiple cities that were not sick and did not test positive for COVID. So they were negative in their PCR test. This is June of 2020, only six months into the pandemic. Wow. They ran all of these patients, both positive and negative for COVID. They ran blood samples, urine samples, and fecal samples, stool samples. And they did three different lab tests of those tissues of every patient. And all they wanted to know was, are there any animal venom proteins in these patients, both the positive and negative? Wow. So they did three types of lab tests, which usually researchers only do two. They took it a third step because if they found any animal venom proteins, this third lab test is so specific, it actually tells you what animal that venom protein is sourced from. So they did what's called mass spectrometry liquid chromatography and ion fractioning testing. The ion fractioning is what allows you with gases to actually identify what's the animal source of the venom protein. And this is what they published with all their findings. In every single COVID-19 patient only, they didn't find any venoms in any of the negative group. In the positive COVID-19 PCR tested positive group, every single blood sample and poop sample had a combined 36 different animal venoms in their body. 36 venoms? Not a single one in any of the negative COVID-19 group. Now, the total is on table one in the, in the article that they published. It's been peer-reviewed and published, went online and went on medical journals October of 2021. Why it took a year for this thing to get published, I have no idea other than I'm sure there were powers that be that didn't want this to get published. So they yep. just kept halting its publication. Right. They've published 20 different snake venoms in every COVID-19 patient's blood and feces. They also published a starfish venom in every one of the COVID-19 patients. A starfish from the ocean floor yeah. was in the blood and feces, their venom, of people walking around on land in Italy in multiple cities. Well, they also published 15 different venoms from cone snails on the ocean floor. Their venoms were in every COVID-19 patient's blood and feces, but not in any of the negative COVID-19 group. A total of 36 different venoms, 20 different snake venoms, 16 different venoms from marine shell creatures on the ocean floor. Somehow, I guess, all of these people from multiple cities in Italy who were PCR testing positive for COVID, they got all bit by 20 different snakes from around the world. They all went scuba diving together and got stung by the same starfish and the 15 different cone snails in the ocean that none of us have ever seen before. And all of them end up on land developing symptoms a few weeks later that they call COVID. Or they're getting these venoms somehow else into your body. 
Just so you know, what's overwhelmed me for the last year, taking up the majority of my time, is taking audiences through that Italy study with Carlo Brogna, C-A-R-L-O-B-R-O-G-N-A. Carlo Brogna was the lead author and researcher on that paper. That paper I have sent out to everyone around the world, and it landed with a GI specialist in California named Dr. Sabine Hazan. I gave it to her in a Zoom call and said, you're a stool sample expert. You need to start testing COVID patients for these venoms. This is the testing you use. It's all in the paper. She sent that article to doctors around the world to help them understand possibly why their patients aren't recovering and what to look for and do stool tests maybe or send them to Carlo Brogna. And a medical doctor, Dr. Chetty, C-H-E-T-T-Y, M-D, in South Africa, got the paper last year. In January, he submitted long-hauler COVID patient stool samples to Carlo Brogna in Italy and said, will you please run their stool samples and see, can you tell me why these people are not recovering with their COVID-19 treatment? Yeah. And they ran the same three tests and every single sample for every long-hauler COVID patient. Just this year, January 2023, it was published again, multiple snake venom are being uh, replicated in the bodies of every long hauler COVID patients. Sea snail venoms are being replicated in the bowels of every single one of them. And starfish venoms, again, is showing up. And Carlo Brogna let Ch Dr. Chetty know, the problem is they're using bacteria and yeast in the body of people to manufacture these venoms when they are introduced to the venom instruction that they are circulating in the air and the water. Yep. What they're using worldwide are called plasmids plasmids are little genetic material circular material that has promoters activators and then gene genes little bitty gene sequences are added to this dna molecule it gets inserted into bacteria when it meets a bacteria or yeast or your mammal cells when it gets inside of your cell or bacteria yeast in your body it instructs those cells to manufacture whatever the instruction in the plasmid is these plasmids have in them venom proteins from king cobras, crate snakes, all these cone snail venoms, the starfish venoms. This is how they're weaponizing venoms all over the world and using your body and microorganisms around the world to be the biological weapon manufacturing facility. They are so, turning us into the weapons. So, and I know we've got about five minutes here before you go, and we also have a Healing for the Ages conference to talk about. I just want to let people as well everybody knows about me and having you know step back push back on everything like many of our friends in our circle you know uh turn away from those experimental mrna vaccines yet i did uh three countries two continents on flights and then i drove solo you know for about four and a half thousand kilometers i was around a lot of people and still attempting to keep my state up and then I started losing my smell and my taste. This is just two weeks ago because really in a nine day period of time, I've been around multiple flights, multiple airports, right? Three countries and two continents and then all of this other stuff. And we know that people are doing exosome shedding. So like you mentioned with the plasmids, so those who have had the jabs, when they breathe out, they're also vaccinating other people who've never had that. And so you have, so it's really key for anybody to make sure that you have the nicotine, like you mentioned, in my opinion, because I've seen it work as well as other things that I do, right? We really have to up-level that. We've also seen the life insurance companies in the United States freaking out. And there are people being denied on their policies now on policy renewals. We've seen so many reports coming out, Dr. Artis, because if you've had the jab, they're now saying, well, you have elected to have suicide. And they're like, what do you mean? I had to do this for my work. They're like, nope, 
that's that's an experimental mRNA vaccine. That is a non-licensed drug. And now we're denying you of your life insurance policy. This is happening. This is massive around the world. Of course, media is not covering it. So you mentioned that we have synthetic venoms. We won't have much time for that because you've got another show to go to. We want to talk about Healing for the Ages. And also, what are the two names of the BioNTech companies that are making synthetic venoms now and putting that, which we've seen, into water, into food, and spraying it in the chemtrails? Yeah, very good. All right. So uh, one of the things that forensics toxicologists who would reach out to me after my Watch the Water documentary dropped and I was flying all over the place, forensic toxicologists would come up to me and go, uh, Dr. Artis, I don't buy your narrative. You can't be swallowing venoms and get venoms into your body to create these problems. And I was like, oh, really? And this one goes, calls me and goes, look, unless you can show me that yeah. they're manufacturing so much synthetic venom that, for example, they're using it as an insecticide around the world. That would be a way they could spray something like venoms around the whole world, but I've never seen that. And I said, oh, really? Well, let me show you. There's a company called Monsanto. They're one of the largest manufacturers of an, of an insecticide herbicide called glyphosate, and it is used on 90% of all farms in the entire world. Monsanto, I sent to her immediately a study on NIH's website where Monsanto, that owns glyphosate in Roundup and weed killers, this product that they own, Monsanto is also the largest patent owner of all venom-based insecticides being manufactured around the world. And this includes, I quote, snake venom insecticides, scorpion venom insecticides, and spider venom insecticides. Monsanto is the largest of that. And when I started sending that to them, they were like, oh my God, they really could have used venoms to do this. Yes, they could. Just so you know, I found just a week ago, AstraZeneca, the AstraZeneca shot, yeah. the first company that was contracted to put plasmids, which is the mRNA instruction, by the way, the plasmids into the AstraZeneca COVID-19 shot is a company called Cobra Biologics. Right in our face. Cobra. Cobra Biologics was bought since my Watch the Water documentary dropped by a company called Charles River. Charles River is owned by a company called Venom Tech out of the UK, and they make venoms for pharmaceutical drug and vaccine manufacturing. You can't get away from it. This is what they're doing. It's so disgusting. All right, so I'm going to have to get off of this, but I want to bring everybody's attention to the reason why I'm so excited about this. I've been to conferences all over the place, but not like what I'm about to create. With the need of trying to get information to save people's lives, improve their lives, and warn you, this is what they're doing in the future for every future pandemic. We are launching my own conference called Healing for the Ages. This is my website. You see there's a Dr. Artist show. But I'm, okay. I'm actually hosting an event in Dallas, Texas, and it will be streamed live virtually all over the world. Awesome. It's called Healing for the Ages. December, it's September 8th and 9th in Dallas, Texas. If people want to attend there, most people are going to be virtual. You can see it's Ages is an acronym, A-G-E-S, for Dr. Artist Group Elian Schmidt. And you can see them there. There's a little hype video there you can watch. Me explaining why it is I'm creating this actual uh, seminar and conference. It's going to be two days and it's going to be incredible. We're so excited and thrilled about this. We've invited over 75 special guests to come, which includes Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Stella Emanuel. All of them are coming. Diamond and Silk, Silk of Diamond and Silk is coming to attend. It's just going to be a great event. Uh, anyway, we're all going to be there. We've got these four doctors who are going to be presenting everything we know about how the human, how God designed the human body to protect you in the future from fear-mongering, they're going to propagandize in the media for all future pandemics to get you to comply with their yep. vaccine agendas. 
So we're going to try to remove all that fear by educating you. Every single attendee in person and virtual is going to get a copy, a PDF of our entire presentations, all of our notes, all of our solutions, all of our protocols, and every graphic we're going to be producing. You're going to be leaving with all the information you need to go back and reference to and apply information to your family to keep you and your loved ones healthy and safe. That is the purpose of this event, Healing for the Ages. You can learn more at healingfortheages.com. Register there. Weekly, we're sending out updates of things we're studying, presenting, and adding to those presentations coming up. And then, of course, the Dr. Artist Show is my site where I do my presentations, do a once-a-week podcast out of my own, solutions educating with their loved ones. And there's a lot of incentives for being a part of that. It's just our effort to try to help people as far as, as much as we can worldwide. Yeah, and you're literally going out and with this information, saving lives from people, just putting it out there, presenting it, making awareness, giving the clinical backed up studies and the science and the doctors who are coming out and speaking out, right? The whistleblowers, they've all called, said you're a conspiracy theorist. You wait three months to nine months, all of it's become fact. And here we are now in returning to sovereignty and God. So I'm definitely going to be at that conference, Healing for Ages. You can stream it online anywhere in the world. It's amazing. I look forward to, hopefully we can get a time for you to come back on the show right before the conference to give us more yes. updates. And thank you so much for what you do, folks. Please bless and cover Dr. Artis and his family in prayer because they're literally out there, tip thank of the you. spear. And remember the weapon the cabal doesn't want you to know is you have words and power within you in your heart. And the power of prayer words and standing up and speaking out peacefully is what they fear most. So get this out there, share this with your entire community and help save lives literally with information like this. Thank you, Dr. Artist. Appreciate you, brother. God and bless you and Canada and all your audiences worldwide. Thank you all. Cheers. We've had enough of discussing the problems. Clearly, there's a huge interest in natural health and healing. I have assembled a team of the leading experts in natural health and healing. Myself, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Ed Group, Dr. Henry Ely, and we will be joined by Dr. Jana Schmidt. Join us in Dallas, Texas on September 8th and 9th for an empowering weekend of education you can understand. Taught by experts you can trust so you can confidently take control of your health and healing. You're going to want to be there. Come join us. HealingfortheAges.com, September 8th and 9th.